Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about a Second Students ministry, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Search Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. All right, and welcome back to the Second Students podcast. We're so pumped that you have joined us and are listening in. I'm sitting here with Erica Phipps and Elisa Wynn. How are y'all doing? Good. 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 Ready to go. It's been a good week. Um, So y'all spoke on Sunday, and you dove into Daniel's story and his interaction with the king of him saying no to the king's meals and to all this food that he was offering to the people around him. And so Daniel says no to what the people around him are eating. And I want to dive in, and I feel like this is a very, very touchy subject. And so I definitely want to tell our listeners in that we're going to be talking about things that you may be struggling with or may have friends or family members who are struggling with these type of things. And so I just want to preface that before I ask this question. But Daniel says no to what the people around him are eating. That correlates to what the culture is doing around us. What do you see other people doing that as Christians we need to say no to? Um, I mean, that's a, a great question. It's really, um, it really relates to what we spoke about this past Sunday, and it's really relevant to culture and what a lot of students are dealing with today. And I mean, honestly, what a lot of adults are also dealing with today. Um, but the first thing that I, I think of, like when you said what culture has for us that a lot of times we have to say no to, it's like the answers that roll off the tongue, the first things that come to mind are drinking, drugs, cursing, um, sex, and everything that has to do with that. Um, but a lot of times we forget about the other side of that stuff, um, the side that a lot of times Satan uses in secret and in hiding, and that, that can look like self-promotion um, and kind of elevating yourself above others, elevating yourself above above God sometimes, um, overindulgence, um, kind of like food, social media, Netflix, just sitting there for hours, spending time watching a TV show that doesn't really help you grow spiritually, doesn't really help you grow um, in a lot of different ways. And I think that can also be something that society tells us is great and is good. And it's um, your time to relax and be yourself. But a lot of times that's not really mm. what it is. Um, yeah, it's almost like the culture around us celebrates how many times you've rewatched The Office. <laughs> like Netflix reminds you and makes it kind of funny about it. Yeah, going, yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, we see that in laziness. We see that on cheating on quizzes like I'll cheat on this one answer I'll copy your answers for this um and lying I mean little white lies um as a lot of us like to call them little white lies or bigger lies a lot of times we get so stuck in this thing where it's like it's okay it's not it's not a big deal it's not something that's that bad but a lot of times um the enemy uses that against that uh, against us, and he uses that to pull us away from God and to pull us away from the culture of Christianity and what Jesus has for us and all the good things he has for us. And so when culture sees you being different in those ways, when culture sees you choosing not to cheat on that test or choosing not to tell a lie and to be honest about something, um, 
they come up to you and like people ask you, why did you choose? Why did you make that decision? Why did you choose that? Mm -hmm. And I spoke a little bit about this on Sunday, um, that that really gives you an opportunity to share the gospel and an opportunity to say, I chose not to do this because I believe in Jesus and this is what he has for me and he's going to honor me, um, honor me honoring him. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of a little bit of my answer of things that culture says yes to, but a lot of times we just need to say no to and kind of the effects of that. Mm -hmm. And you definitely pointed to a big thing that not only do you like when, when you're going against what the culture is doing, you stick out. And as long as you stick out doing the right things, then sticking out is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Erica? Yeah. So something that I've seen a lot recently over the past couple months uh, is a lot of stuff on social media, a lot of trends of people just kind of reposting things that uh, people in the world are just saying about certain issues, certain topics. And I just think that can be super dangerous if you don't know um, the source, if you don't know um, a lot of the information or the research behind a certain subject. I think it can be pretty risky to just repost stuff because you want to join the bandwagon on something or Mm -hmm. you want to be, you know, supportive or inclusive of, of certain things that you you know what the Bible says against them, but you also want to look like the world. And so I think that can be a very hard choice when we're faced with social media um, decisions because it's super easy to just click that share button, add it to your story or repost it or retweet something um, just because you kind of want to blend in with everybody else. And so um, something I said in the message is know your why. Know why you're doing what you're doing. And and if that's what you believe and you want to put it out there, great. But I would strongly encourage you to know what the Bible says, what God says um, on certain issues and, and why. Like why he says it. Because it's not just rules that the Lord has given us. The Lord truly wants to give us the best life, the most abundant life for his glory. And so there's reasons behind the things that the Lord says. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. Cause in, in biblical times, as well as our time, there was a purpose to what God is doing in, in everyone's life. In, in Moses, he was, he was dealing with his speech impediment and with a, a people that he called wicked in chapter 33. And I was just, I, that's what I read this morning. And, and so it's, it's on my brain that, even in that time, God had a purpose to bring out his people and take mm-hmm. them to the promised land in this time in our lives. Like we have to know our why, like our purpose to like why we go to the gym in the morning, why yeah. we read the, our Bible every morning, why we make our bed or clean the house or why we obey our parents because it's respectful of knowing our why mm-hmm. is a huge, yeah. huge thing. So we got to know, know our why before. I'm just reiterating what you said. I loved it. It, it was it was really great. Yeah, and that that actually takes me back to an old hymn. Um, mm. This might date me, but an old <laughs> hymn, um, Trust and Obey. Um, and it goes, mm-hmm. Trust and Obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And I think that's so interesting because, I mean, this is an example we a lot of times we go back to is mom saying, don't touch the hot stovetop. Um, if you trust mom and say, okay, she's telling me not to touch this stovetop because she knows what's best for me and she knows what will help me grow and will help me like be better in the future. Mm -hmm. So if you trust her, you're going to obey her. You're going to know that she knows what's best. And a lot of times, 
I mean, we see this in the sta- story with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They trusted God and they obeyed him. They knew that his way was higher than the way of the king. And they knew that there were more consequences to them disobeying God than disobeying the king. Um, and I mean, it just goes back to making your faith your own and knowing, having that faith in God that's so, so strong that you want to obey him, that everything in your life is directing to that obedience and that trust in him. Um, and I think that's just kind of something that popped up in my mind is trusting and obeying go hand in hand. Um, and a lot of times we miss that in our faith and we're like, okay, I believe in Jesus. Um, and in scripture, it says even the demons believe in Jesus, even they know right. about him. And a lot of times it's taking that extra step and going one step further and having that faith in him and obeying him. Because that sets us apart from the demons. It sets ap- us apart from people who just know who Jesus is. It's believing in him and having that relationship and making it your own. Yeah. It's that faith without works yeah. of, yeah, I can trust. But if I'm not acting on that faith, then it's it's vanity. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what Paul calls it. Yeah. Um, no, that's so good. It's like, you know, even though I know the stove is, that the stove is hot or the kid knows that the stove is hot still, sometimes there is that temptation to like, what does hot truly feel like? But we got to <laughs> know that it is hot and yeah. that, you know, mom probably burned her hand before. So that's why she knows. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we're so excited that you have joined us listener. Um, just a quick heads up. This podcast is a little longer than our past ones because we actually have both messages, both Erica and Elisa's message in this podcast together. It'll be Erica's message first, a little break in between, and I'll make sure that you know that we're jumping into Elisa's message. So let's go ahead, focus in, grab your Bible, grab your notes, and let's listen to what Erica has to say. So my absolute favorite restaurant in all of Texas, just so you know, I'm not from Texas, I'm from Virginia. So when we got here, we heard about this restaurant called Taste of Texas. Anybody? I hope you all know what it is. If you don't, I'm so sorry. And you definitely should have your parents take you there. But it's my absolute favorite restaurant in all of Texas. I love steak and it is the best steak you will ever have in your life. Can anybody attest to that? I'm just curious, do Texans go to Taste of Texas or is that like a tourist thing? Okay, good. I'm glad you know. So it's super fancy, it's expensive, so Seth and I really only go there once a year because, you know, it's expensive. And so we look forward to it every single year for our anniversary, and we just love it. I love how you can just like scrape off your own cheese, the salad bar, how you can pick your own steak, you go back there and it's like so juicy. I really want to go big one time and just get the big like tomahawk with the huge bone in it, but I obviously can't eat that by myself. But I just love it. And you know, I want to go all the time, and some people are like, well, you could just go for lunch, like, to the salad bar. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, if I'm going to Taste of Texas, I'm going big, right? Like, I'm getting the steak, I'm getting the salad bar, I'm getting the cheese, the bread, jalapeno cheese bread with the honey butter, you know, all of that. I'm going all in. And so today, we're going to look at a time when Daniel, in the Bible, he made a decision to reject meat, to reject the steak, the finest steak, and why he did that and his reasons behind it. So starting in Daniel chapter 1, it's a pretty long story. I encourage you to go back and read it. I'm just going to summarize a little bit for you right now. We see Daniel and his friends. You may have heard of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They have been taken captive by the Babylonians and brought in to be of service to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. 
So the king thought that Daniel and his friends were some of the finest, sharpest, smartest, best looking of all of the captives that they took. And so he chose them among all of those guys to be his officials, to be part of his, his team, basically. But first, they had to undergo this three-year program during which they would be educated and trained all on Babylonian culture, and they would have to completely get rid of the culture that they knew, leave all of their morals, values, beliefs behind, and be completely immersed in this Babylonian culture. So they had to go through that program. It was three years long, and King Nebuchadnezzar was going to force all of these Babylonian customs on them so that they would be completely consumed with it and able to identify it with that Babylonian culture. He even changed their names. He changed their names to names that were false gods that the Babylonians worshipped. And so that's how far he really went to, to really show them, like, you're leaving this life behind and you're going to take on the life I give you, the morals and the beliefs and the gods that I worship. I'm putting them on you. And he even controlled the food that, he, that they ate. He assigned them food from his table, the king's table. It was the finest food, the finest steak, the finest wine, all of that. So these guys were probably 13, between the ages of 13 and 17 years old. So just imagine, that's like y'all's age, middle school age. Just imagine if this was you. They, you, imagine if someone took you captive, put you into another country, pushed their beliefs on you, their language on you, their morals on you, their values on you, their religion on you. They pushed all of that on you, and then they even changed your name. This is exactly what was happening to Daniel and his friends. They had to leave behind everything they ever knew, everything they ever worshipped and believed, and be immersed in this Babylonian culture. And that sounds crazy, right? But ironically, that's exactly what's happening to us today. As followers of Christ... The enemy wants us to identify with this world and the culture that the world is throwing at us instead of identifying with Christ. It wants us to leave behind our faith in God and choose to worship what culture is worshiping, whether it's social media, celebrities, sex before marriage, vaping, drugs, putting stuff into our body that doesn't belong there. Um, there's so much that the world and culture is throwing at us that it wants us to take in and worship instead of the life that we know that we've chosen, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ. In the same way, King Nebuchadnezzar wanted these men in the nation of Israel to completely depend on and find their existence in this culture. In the same way, the, en the enemy wants us to find our identity there instead of in Christ. But these things, all of these things that the world throws at us, we know that happiness and filling us up and just having that completeness is not found in anything but Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 2, it tells us that. If you want to look on the screen or flip there with me, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul tells us here in Romans, he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't give in to what everyone else is saying to give in to. Or maybe they're not even telling you to give in to it, but it's things that you're constantly seeing and constantly hearing, and you're not rejecting it. You're not trying to question it. You're just accepting it. You're just letting it come into your life. Maybe it doesn't even have to be forced upon you. It's just coming at you. He says, don't be conformed to this. Transform 
be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, well, what does that mean? How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind by constantly being in God's word, having conversation with the Lord, being with like-minded people, being in church, being in places where you know that you can worship and have fellowship. There's so many ways to renew our minds. And then it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Oh, gosh. And so this is exactly what we see Daniel do. If you go back to Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, Daniel was not going to conform to what they were telling him to conform to. He was going to do what was right. Daniel, in verse 8, it says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. He says, hey, you know what? This is great. The steak and everything, so awesome. Thank you so much. But is it going to be okay if I opt out of this option? Like, can I unsubscribe from this? Like, I don't want to do this. This is a crazy, risky move by Daniel because you don't turn down the king's food. Just like you don't go to Taste of Texas and just have the salad bar. You don't turn down the steak. So he's telling him to follow all of these things. Also, eat this. Now, it is the best food, the best wine. Anybody would love to have this. But Daniel knew that this was against what God was telling him. This was against God's word. You see, why was it against God's word? Because the meat, he wouldn't eat it because it had been sacrificed to altars and idols. And the Lord said, do not eat anything that has been defiled. And so Daniel knew why the Lord didn't want him to eat the food. He knew the why behind what God was telling him. And sometimes when we understand something, at least for me, I'll ask you why all day, every day. Let's do this, why? You know, like little kids, well, why? Why? I like to know the reason behind it. And if I understand something, it helps me to kind of cope with something or deal with something more. Does that make sense? It's super easy. And, but Daniel knew why the Lord didn't want him to eat the food because it was defiled. And something that I want to hit on is do you know why the Lord says certain things in his word? Do you study his word and do you know the why behind what you believe and why we do what we do? Do you know why it's not good to have sex before marriage? Do you know why it's not good to vape? Why it's not good to put harmful drugs into your body? Do you know why we don't just follow any religion the world tells us to? Do you know why we don't look at things on the internet we shouldn't be looking at? Do you know why? Is this just a list of rules God gave you so he can make you a robot and do whatever he says? No, it's because he loves you he sent his son into this world to die for you, to have a relationship with you, so that you can live an absolutely abundant life in him. That is something that all of us should want to experience. And when you know the why behind what God's word says, it's a lot easier to love him and understand what he's doing for us. Daniel knew the why. And I want to challenge you guys, do you know the why in your life? Don't do it because I say it. Don't do it because... A pastor says it, don't do it because your parents say it. Do it because you know your why. Why do you want to live for the Lord? Why do you want to have a relationship with Christ? It's in this word, and all of you, all of you should know your why. Daniel didn't want to disobey God because he loved him, and he knew that God had his best in mind and his perfect plan in mind. And this just shows where his heart is. His heart was with the Lord, not with what the world or culture was telling him to do. In verse 9, now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. The official told Daniel, though, I'm afraid of the Lord, my king. 
who has assigned your food and drink, why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. So he tells Daniel, like, I definitely want to honor your request. That's great. But the king would be so mad at me, and I would be in so much trouble. And you're not going to eat this meat. You're going to look terrible. You're going to look so, like, frail and skinny and so unhealthy. But Daniel says to the guard, he says, Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. So Daniel says, just see, just do it and see what happens and compare us. So he takes a stand for his faith. He wants to obey God, not King Nebuchadnezzar, and he wasn't going to let the people around him affect his decisions. I love to travel, and I, whenever I travel, I want to be completely immersed in the culture that I'm in. If you've ever traveled on a mission trip or you've traveled out of town somewhere, like, you don't really want to be seen as the tourist. Like, you're in New York City, and Seth and I have been there multiple times, and, you know, you try to, like, taxi, like, just kind of, like, blend into the culture, and you know what you're doing, and act like you have the confidence there. And one time, actually a few times, I... Um, when I was in college, I was a camp counselor in the Bahamas. Now, don't get too jealous. I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't like the glamour. Like, I didn't work at Atlantis. You know, it was on kind of an abandoned island, and we did a camp there for kids. But anyways, I loved the Bahamas, and I wanted to completely be a part of this culture and immerse myself in this culture. So one night, we go out on the town, town, um, down the street, and this is a picture of me dancing, something that they did. It was like a carnival. It's called Junkanoo, and they put on these crazy costumes, and they, they dance. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can totally do this. Well, I can't dance at all, just to be honest. And so this is me, you know, trying to fit in. And then all the girls, you know, they, they braided their hair. They all had braids. And so the next picture, if you can see it, it's a picture of me with braids. Not a good look. I probably won't ever do that again. But I was like, yes, I'm a part of this. Like, I want to be in the culture. I want to do everything that they do, know everything that they know. Um, they have these awesome accents, and I used to be able to do it. I can't do it anymore. I'd love to do it for you today, but you would all just make fun of me and think the Bahamas was whack. So I'm not going to be a disgrace to them today. Um, also, one of the food, one of the things that they eat down there, it's called conch salad. Has anybody heard of conch salad? You have! Awesome awesome. So it's a big conch shell. You know those big, big seashells that you see? Uh, I don't know that you see them in America, but anyways, they're on the islands. Big conch shells. What they do is they break those open. They take the animal out of it, chop it all up, put it with like some lime juice, some stuff that looks like pico de gallo. I don't really know what it is. And they put it in the thing and they eat it. And I was like, mmm, yum, this is so good. Because everybody loves it. Really, I hated it. <laughs> I did not want to eat it. But I, I wanted to fit in, you know. I wanted to be a part of that culture. Um, but we are not on this earth to be tourists or guests or to fit in with this culture. The Lord has called us to be holy, which means set apart. And we're not just visiting. The God has us placed here with a purpose, and a purpose to live for him and to shine for him, to tell others about him, how he came and he died for us on the cross, and he rose again so that he can have a relationship with us and we can live that abundant life that he's called us to. But we cannot do this when we are blending in with the culture. Now, obviously, from those pictures, I kind of stick out like a sore thumb, you know. But you get the idea. I was trying to blend in. We cannot, as Christians, blend in 
with the culture. We have to know what we believe, why we believe it, know our why behind it, and stand strong for it. Now, this doesn't mean to come off super aggressive or hateful or disrespectful. We have to have that grace and love behind all of it. But we cannot blend in. At Taste of Texas, of course, I wanted to eat that steak. I would never want to pass that up for just veggies. I don't even like veggies at all. But Daniel, he was confident in who he was in Christ and confident that what the Lord had told him to do, the things that the Lord had told him to follow and to worship, was what he needed to do. He was so confident in the Lord's plan for him. He wasn't worried about disobeying him at all. And it wasn't the popular thing to do. It wasn't the most attractive or appealing thing to do. Just like every single day we have a choice to choose, you know, what is the most attractive thing, the popular thing to be doing right now. But is it disobeying what God has called us to? So I want you to look at what happens next. In verse 15, it says, At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So Daniel and his boys, they were healthier than any of the other guys, and God honored them for this. He continued to work in Daniel's life. He rewarded Daniel because Daniel chose the hard thing, but it was the right thing. And so, like I said, in this life, the most attractive and appealing things are not always what is best for us. The world's going to throw a lot of stuff our way to distract us and destroy us. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devil's schemes. We know what he's going to tempt us with. We know our weaknesses. We can't be ignorant of that. We can't let him destroy us. We have to stand strong and not compromise. And we will see the faithfulness of the Lord. The world is in such a crazy place right now. Y'all know that. I don't have to tell you that. But it's only going to get crazier. There's a lot of things being thrown your way. And a lot of times we find ourselves in the same position that Daniel was in. There are moments that it's easy to give in to things. It's easy to do what friends are doing, doing what feels good, and having thoughts or beliefs that make us feel like we belong to something. But my challenge for you is to really truly know what you believe and why you believe it. Make sure your faith is your own, not your church's, not Second Baptist, not your parents' faith, but your own faith, something that you are truly living out and you understand and you have that relationship with Jesus Christ. That's exactly why he took on the sins of the world, exactly why he died for us and rose again so we can have that personal relationship with him. So I don't want you guys to miss it. I don't want you to miss that life-changing impact that he has in your life and from there, the way he's going to use it with others. When you know this, when you believe this, when you live this out, you're going to be able to stand firm. You're going to be able to risk culture what you see in culture, what culture is throwing at you, you'll be able to resist that. There are so many things, like I talked about, that are happening right now. And our second student's team, we want you to know that we're here for you. If you have questions on things that are happening in the world, things that are even just happening in your life, things that you just want to know more about, or you just want to talk it out with somebody, and you feel like you can't really do that with anyone at school or with your family, come to us. We want to talk to you. We are not going to judge you. We are not going to um, be worried about you or tell anybody. Like We want you to come to us with stuff that you're confused about and that you have questions about. We are here for you, and we don't have all the answers, but we will do whatever we can. Even just sit and listen if you need us to just sit and listen. So don't be afraid to do that. Reach out to us. 
let us know what we can do. We love you guys. And just one last time, I want to challenge you guys. Like Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed and not conformed to this world. Wow, that was such a great reminder from Erica. Let's go ahead and jump in and hear what Elisa has to say. If you have your Bibles, um, I'll have you guys turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Um, And if you aren't there yet, or if you don't have your Bible on you, we'll have that on the screen. And so it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we see Daniel doing exactly that. And so I know I just made you move to Romans, but if you can go back to Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It says, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. So this is crazy by Daniel. This is like something that's unheard of. It's risky. Nobody has ever said, I don't want the king's food. Nobody has ever done that before. And this was something that honestly could have gotten Daniel killed because he wasn't obeying what the king had told him to do. He was asking to do something else. And we see in this verse it says defile himself twice. So what does that mean? Defile is similar to the, word, or to the words polluting or staining or making different in that way. And so there's two reasons that he didn't want to pollute or stain his body with the king's food. So the first reason is actually because of kosher laws. So in Jewish culture, in the Old Testament, God said not to eat unclean foods. And so that was like foods, animals that had hoofs or like specific kinds of animals. So that's one reason that they wouldn't eat the food because it was not kosher. It was not according to God's law in the Old Testament. But a second reason why he wouldn't eat it is because this food was actually sacrificed and offered to the different idols and the different gods that the Babylonian people had. And like in Jewish culture, they also made sacrifices, but to the one true God. And so when they saw different cultures and different people sacrificing animals to gods that weren't the one true God, it was kind of like a slap in the face. And so eating that food would be respecting their gods. And so that's one reason why those boys did not eat that food. Um, If he ate that food, it would show Daniel's commitment to the king, but his disobedience to God. And Daniel knew that God is so much stronger, so much better, so much more powerful and sovereign than the king. And so he made that decision that he's not going to follow the king. He's going to follow God. And so if we go to verses 9 through 14, it says, Now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord, the king, who has signed your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. So this is important because not only would these actions put Daniel in danger, but it would put the official in danger as well. And so it goes on to say in verse 11, Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. 
Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance to what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. So Daniel took a stand for his faith. He wanted to obey God over obeying the king, and he wasn't going to let the environment, the culture, the people around him decide his decisions. He was going to make his own decisions because of his faith in God, because his faith was his own, and he knew that God was sovereign. He was better than the king. And so 10 days later, in the next verses, it shows 10 days later, they were stronger and they were healthier than all of the rest of the guys in training. And so God blessed Daniel with favor to stand out. And I know in J high, um, in high school, honestly, for the rest of your life, it's kind of weird to stand out. Like, it can be uncomfortable to stand out. It can sometimes be a little bit lonely to stand out. Like, when I wore my costume, I was a little bit uncomfortable, and I felt a little bit lonely because all the other girls were princesses. But in the story, we see Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing out for what they knew they could get in trouble in. They st stood up to the king, and they knew they were going to get in trouble but they still did it. And in the end, God blessed them, and the rest of the men changed their ways to be like the boys. So in verses 15 through 17, it says, at the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and wine, and they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kind. So because they stood out at the beginning and said, no, I'm not going to eat this, because they stood out in the beginning for that, they actually stood out at the end because everybody saw that they were stronger, that they were healthier, that they were built better because of the food that they ate. And not only did they see that, but they also changed their ways to be similar to Daniel, Shadrach, and Mish uh, Abednego, sorry. Um, and so they had influenced people because they stood to their beliefs, and then everybody else moved over, and they ate the same thing that they ate. And so I'll tell you guys another little story. Um, in college, every summer, I would go work at the Cheesecake Factory. Can I? Yeah, I know. So good. The food is good. The cheesecake is amazing. It's like the size of my face. I never finish the cheesecake. So good, though. Um, but I was a hostess over there, and I showed up, and I was like, okay, this isn't my forever job. This isn't the job I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Like, it's fine. It's fun. Like, I get to eat cheesecake for free. Like, that's great. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Um, but I showed up, and I was like, you know what? This job, even though it's not my forever job, even though this isn't something that I'm super passionate about, I'm going to work my hardest at this job. And I did that. I was like, if I work my hardest at this job, it's going to please God. And it's going to be for the glory of God. And I, I didn't know how it was going to be for the glory of God, but I was like, I know in the Bible it tells me to work hard and be diligent and do well. And so I, I worked hard at this job. And I, I did things that other hostesses wouldn't do. So like I... I'm supposed to greet the customers and like walk them to their seat and that's kind of it. But instead of doing that, I would help the busboys when they got really busy and the tables got full and they got really stressed out. Or I would help the servers and I'd bring drinks to a table or I'd bring food to a table even though that wasn't my job. And so one day, one of my coworkers, another hostess at the stand, she came up to me and she's like, 
Elisa, why are you working this hard? Like, you get the paid the same as me, but you do twice the amount of work as me. And so because she came up to me and because she asked me that, I was able to tell her, I was able to say, I chose to be this way because I believe in God and I wanted to honor him with everything that I do. I wanted to work hard to show him my praise and to show that I love him. And it was interesting because that conversation then turned into a phone call. And I was able to talk to her on the phone and say, like, she, she was like, yeah, my parents went to church when I was a kid and I went like a couple of times and it was okay. Like, it was kind of weird, but I was able to tell her about God. And so because I worked hard, because I chose to honor God through my job, somebody came up to me and I was able to tell her about God and I was able to tell her about Jesus and I was able to tell her about our living hope. And that was so cool to me to be able to do that. And that's kind of what we see here in this story is they chose to honor God. They chose to please God. They chose to do everything in honor of God. And people came up to them and they asked, why are you so much healthier than the rest of us? Why are you doing so much better? And they said, because I honored God in the way that I ate. And even all of this, though all of this happened millions of years, or not millions, thousands of years ago, doesn't mean it isn't relevant to us today. Um, the world is a crazy place right now. I mean, we're all wearing masks. I mean, the world is crazy. And honestly, it's only going to get crazier. There's a lot of you... A lot of things that have been thrown your way, whether it's social media, in school, at home, I mean, even with your friends. And many times, as Christians, we find ourselves in a similar position as Daniel. We find ourselves in moments that are so easy to get into temptation, to give into laziness, to give into something that isn't honoring to God. And so, like, that could be what our friends are doing. That could be what feels good. That could be what thoughts or beliefs make us feel like we're a part of something. It could be what gives us popularity or influence. But this is, this is something I want to challenge you guys with this week. I want to challenge you guys to make your faith your own. I don't want your faith to be your coaches. I don't want your faith to be your moms, your dads, your brothers, your sisters. I don't want your faith to be your youth pastors or your churches or even your country's faith. I want it to be your own. I want to challenge you guys to find a way to make it your own because when it's your own, when your faith is your own, you're able to stand up for things that you believe in, to able to stand up for your faith. I also want to challenge you guys in a harder way, and that's standing out and being, being different in your faith. It can still impact people around you the same way it impacted the people around David, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you decide, it might, not, it might not look like changing what you eat, but it could be changing what you consume, what you watch, what you listen to. It could be how you speak, or it could change the world for those around you. It can change where they choose to spend eternity just by you doing something a little bit different, doing something a little bit better, doing something to honor God instead of honor the world. And this might look like um, trying your hardest in school. I know that's something so small, and I know that J High only lasts three years, high school only lasts four years, and you're never going to use E equals MC square in real life. But spending that time and learning and working hard is honoring to God. And people could come up to you and ask, why are you learning this? Why are you working so hard? Why do you have 
all these good grades and you're able to say because of God. And that might look like sitting with a kid that's always eating alone in the lunchroom, that's always alone, and you're with your friends, and you just look over, and you see them eating, and they don't have any friends. Maybe it looks like being kind. Maybe it looks like listening, up, listening to other people. Maybe it looks like standing up for what is true and holy. People will come to you and ask why if you look different. If you act different, they will ask you why, and you can tell them that it's Jesus, and only Jesus who can make that difference in your life.